0: To This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this Grit and Grace life. Let's get into it. Hey to the Hey Girlfriends, this is Julie Graham, your co host, former puppeteer, elementary school clogger, and current selfie queen. Oh,
1: I love it. And hey, this is Darlene Brock, a former commune uh, member, mm-hmm. liver, leader. leader. <laughs> no, you weren't the leader. Not of the whole commune, just <laughs> of the, the girl's house, which is where I learned to cook things like lentil soup and grow my own vegetables and can and Hippy. all the things I will not do today. Well, we started with a few of our titles today because we're
0: privileged to bring you ladies a special guest today. And she has a legit title. Like she has been crowned with a significant Mm -hmm. title. She's also the leader of She Is More, which is a blog that desires to encourage women, which obviously we are all about here at the Grit and Grace Project and this Grit and Grace Life. We know you're going to love this woman because she totally sparkles. Let's welcome to the show our new friend, Miss Kristen Dalton-Wolf. She's former Miss USA. She's author of the new book, The Sparkle Effect. She's a wife and she's a mom based in LA. Kristen, thank you so much
1: for joining us today.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for our combo. Yes.
1: Well, Kristen, I have to start at the what everybody would automatically ask you about, and that's being Miss USA and what it was like to be crowned. Because in reality, Julie will live it vicariously through you to have a crown put on her head, she would probably totally love it. Well, so I'm hoping
0: by the end of this conversation, we're friends and you'll maybe like, let me wear your crown sometime when I come out to LA. Is that too oh much to gosh. ask? Oh my gosh.
2: Girl, I will totally let you wear my crown. I have, not, not only do I have my Miss USA crown, I have a lot of other crowns in my house. Not crowns that I won, but just because I love them in general. That's awesome. Um, and I like collect them for birthday parties. And when girls come over, and we're having like a prayer night. I'll like, Crown them, so that I have a lot awesome. of crowns that you can wear. But you can definitely try, my Miss USA Tiara. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. Oh, Tiara, you're right. See, I failed it. I called it the wrong thing. Thank you for. No, letting you know out.
2: why? You know why? Okay, here. Here's an interesting point. Is there? There are actually two crowns. Oh. Um, there's the crown that you are actually crowned with the night that you win, okay. and that crown is like bigger it's more valuable, has more fancy stones in it and you only wear that one for or at least when I was miss say, you only wore it for um media appearances. Interesting. Uh and then there's the tiara and the tiara is a smaller version of the crown. Okay. Uh, and and that one you actually get to keep. <laughs> Love but The it. crown, but this the is crown amazing is information. Kind of like, <laughs> right, right. The crown is like ceremonial. You like they, you know, they, the organization keeps it and uses it for crowning purposes, but you can't
1: have it. <laughs> oh, That's kind of one, wonderful and sad at the same yeah. time. But right, girl, you've right. won that crown.
0: So tell us a little bit about that. Tell us what it was like, you know, leading up to the actual competition and even the actual competition. Like, did you think you were going to win? How, tell mm-hmm. us some, you know, what was that like? <laughs>
2: So since I was a little girl, I knew that I wanted to be Miss USA, uh, which is kind of like crazy. I mean, I was three years old, and I was—I just had this knowing, and that's a really important thing to listen to. By the way, when we have this dream and it's just like in our heart, you know, it resonates within us. It's something that could make you cry. Um, it's important to pay attention to that. So anyway, so I knew since I was like three years old, I was like, I want to be Miss USA one day because. First of all, my mom is Miss North Carolina USA. And so she kind of like started this tradition in our house. I have two younger sisters. And um, every year since I was a young girl, we would watch the Miss USA pageant. And it was uh, kind of like a holiday. We, My mom would pop popcorn and uh, she would pour orange juice in a thermos that we would like all pass around. And then my mom would have a Milk Duds at the bottom of the popcorn bowl. So as we're sitting around on the floor, um, my dad is in there too. Like we're all making our top 15, top 10, top five predictions. My dad would get really in on it. I mean, he's he started predicting the winner every year. He always got it right. But for me, when it came down to the final two women where they had their final moment, they're holding hands, awaiting waiting for the winner to be called. I mean, my heart was palpitating. I was so like leaned in and dialed into that moment. And when they announced the winner and she was so excited, so shocked, like crying, it was like overwhelming emotions. Mm-hmm. And even I, as like a four or five year old, I started, I cried with her mm-hmm. um, because even at that point, like I could just feel even in her reaction, the dream that she had had and what mm-hmm. she had overcome to get there the hard decisions that she had made, um, maybe to be respected rather than to be liked. She
1: was a role model to me. You waited in anticipation for the winner to be announced, the two Mm -hmm. girls on that stage holding hands and both of them looking at each other's eyes. All of us have sat in our living room and watched that moment. Mm What did it really feel like when it was yours? Yeah.
2: Gosh, I mean, this, this might sound like annoying to hear, (laughs) but it really was surreal. Yeah. But it also, this is, this is so weird. It, It also felt somewhat natural in the sense that I had literally envisioned this moment Mm -hmm. (laughs) for so many years, so many times uh, throughout my life. And so it's kind of like that moment where you're you're standing there or you're like at the cusp of your dream or your calling or whatever it is. And you have envisioned it so many times that it's like, yeah, this this is where I'm supposed to be. This feels right. You know? So
0: as much as you were anticipating it and probably nervous, was there like almost like a sense of calm because you knew you were destined for that moment?
2: There was totally a sense of calm, which is so crazy because I mean, I grew up performing like dancing, uh, singing and being on stage. So I really like love being on stage. Um, So there was like that adrenaline pumping just because I, it's so exciting. But then there was all there wasn't like nervousness. Mm-hmm. It was it was like this. Yeah, there's like a stillness within me. That's kind of like this is this is the moment, you know. So yeah, it's like the the balance of the two like this is fun. This is exciting. There's that adrenaline, but also the calm. And I think that like regardless of whatever your dream is, when you have that kind of feeling, it's almost like confirming that this is where you're supposed to be,
0: you know. Totally. So you're, you're in this moment, you're, you're both excited, you're, you're calm, you know, you're meant to be in this moment. Did you have that gut feeling that you were going to win? Or, you know, where were you on that? And just be real, tell us, did you think you were going to win?
2: <laughs> <sighs> um, yes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, she did.
0: I could tell with the long buzz.
2: <laughs> but not, not like in this like cocky sense, um, yeah. that it might come off as, Um, more like in a sense where leading up to Miss USA, um, when I was competing and as Miss North Carolina, I was not on people's radar. Mm. Like there are, you know, in the pageant world, there are people who like make, make predictions before you even get to Miss USA. They like predict who's going to win. They predict who's going to be a front runner, so to speak, or a, someone who's going to be in the top five. And I wasn't in anyone's list. I wasn't on people's radar, yeah. but I had this, like I said, this like knowing mm-hmm. that I was on God's radar. <laughs> Girl,
0: that and is... so
2: I just like, like zeroed in and mm-hmm. stayed laser focused on what God was telling me and avoided what people were saying and um, avoided the fact that I wasn't really a favorite. So, you know, I, I wasn't predicted to do well. And I was like, that's okay. Like, I know what God told me and I'm just going to go with that. (laughs) So somebody is listening
0: and is thinking, you know, I've never competed in pageants. I never will. That's not really my life, but you can totally relate to that statement of we've all had that feeling of being unseen, underappreciated, and I just love how you're saying, even though I felt like I wasn't on the judge's radar, God saw me and God knew, and, and God even told me, you know, that this moment was for me. I love that. Love that. So then you win. Um, what was that like? Um, you know, were, was your family surprised? Were the other contestants? Just what was all of that, the aftermath? Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Because my dream was to be Miss USA, I soaked up every single minute. I mean, I had like researched all of the, all of the, past winners for up to the past 10 years like i knew what the job was going to entail i knew i was moving to new york city the next day i was going to live there for the year i knew it was a an on call 24/7 job i knew i was going to be working with charities i'd be a spokesperson i knew that i wouldn't be sleeping a lot but i was excited for all of it and i really did soak up every minute i was mm. so grateful i was not ready to give up the title along the journey of my life since i was 3 You know, I had this like innocent dream. Like I want to be a role model too. I want to like make a difference and be a role model. And that was always like the main goal. But, um, along the way, like when I was in the seventh grade and, and since then I had some life defining moments happen that kind of like tainted the dream a little bit. Mm. For instance, when I was in a science class in middle school, my teacher called on me and she called on me to answer a question and I got it wrong in front of the whole class. Everyone started laughing. I was so humiliated. And she goes, it's okay. You're just a dumb blonde. (gasps) And, and I was like, in that moment, you know, I wanted to melt into the floor and just like disappear. If I could have any superpower, I was like, Lord, can I please have invisibility (laughs) right now? Uh, but I made a decision in that moment that I was going to prove to her and to everyone who laughed at me and to myself and anyone else who ever thought I was a dumb blonde, that I was smart. Mm-hmm. So I did that through making good grades and taking AP classes and all that. But I but I felt like the, the ultimate thing was if I could nail that final question, you know, that politically charged question on national television in front of <laughs> millions of people, then I would really prove that I'm smart. And so you know, wrapped up in that dream of like wanting to, to be a role model and to be a light for God. I also felt like this crown and this accomplishment would validate me in some way and that it would complete me and fulfill me and make me finally feel beautiful because I didn't feel beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I had developed this subconscious formula that said that my performance plus other people's approval equaled my validation. And That set me up for massive disappointment Mm -hmm. and emptiness after I won Miss USA. The next day, I was sitting in my apartment and I was like waiting for that feeling of, like, you know, you're awesome. Great job. You can just relax in life now. You are good to go. You are all these things. But that feeling didn't come. I, I actually had a feeling of, like, almost like this, like, hole in my stomach. And it was interesting in the sense that. Yes, I love my year in so many ways. I love serving. I love the people. I love, you know, speaking. I love working in children's hospitals and with the military. But it also actually didn't complete me like I thought. And that was interesting.
1: You know, I find that so amazing, Kristen, because I think all of us have that place in life where we're trying to prove to someone our worth or prove to someone that we are smart or we're pretty or we're, you know, we're thin or we're whatever it is. There's something that we feel we need to prove. And I, I, you know, most, I think most other women would look at you and go, what do you have to prove? And not think that those emotions are just as real in you as they are in the rest of us, which, I think kind of takes us to our next conversation, and that's about your new book. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, because in it, you address things that all of us feel, all of us feel insecure, all of us feel at times jealous, things like that. Mm -hmm. But the sparkle effect, which, okay, let me just, let me just, throw this caveat in. I don't know mm-hmm. what sparkle is. Julie's a sparkle girl. I've never been a sparkle girl. I was an, I'm an old hippie. Okay. So, you know, I read the sparkle effect and thought, well, that's kind of a funny little name. But then, <sighs> but then I read what it was about and where it came from. So, you know, I would love it if you started there. Tell us where this idea came from and what you want to do with this book.
2: Oh, well, thank you for asking. And I totally understand how you feel about the word sparkle. Um, I get it. Like, I get that it might sound like sparkle sweaters or like, you know, jewelry or like, I don't know, like it's like youth, like, like young or juvenile or silly or girly. Um, But actually, the word sparkle is super powerful. It says in the Bible that those who look to the Lord are made radiant and they will not be put to shame. And the Hebrew word for that is Nahar, and it actually translates to sparkle. So, when we look to God for our identity, and for our fulfillment, and for our security, and for our purpose, and for our dreams, and for promises, then that is when our eyes come alive. That is when we radiate. And anything that has ever put us to shame, like people or rejection or betrayal or things that we have gone through, like it has to go. It just does not belong in us at all. Mm-hmm. It's actually a really, really powerful uh, word. Where the sparkle effect came from, um, just going back to Miss USA, because like I said, I wasn't on people's you know prediction lists and their radar and stuff. But so after I won that night, the head judge came up to me and she goes, Hey, Kristen, I just want to let you know that all the judges leaned into me and they were like, Hey, uh, how do we know who to pick? All these girls are pretty. Um, because at Miss USA, at the time, they were celebrity judges. They're not like, you know, oh, seasoned, okay. like veteran pageant. They, they didn't, aren't necessarily trained in what to look for. They just kind of pick whoever they like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she goes, You're going to see it in a girl. It's the girl who sparkles it's in her eyes and in her smile. And then she said after the commercial break, they all lean back into her and they're like, we see who you're talking about. We see the, the girl who sparkles oh. and she goes, "Kristen, and that girl
0: was you. That is so sweet. I literally just got goosebumps as you said that. That's pretty amazing. I love that. That's awesome.
2: Thank you. And so, I mean, at the time, you know, I had just, I was like still in my winning high. So I'm like, that's great. Thank you so much. But then it wasn't until I moved out to Los Angeles going on auditions um, and I started coaching girls that I saw this thing that it was true and a lot of people call it the it factor mm-hmm. um but i don't like the word the it factor because it is mysterious it is elusive and it sets girls up to fake it till she makes it and we all need to just stop faking it do you know what i mean because when we're faking it we're not fulfilled we're empty and we're just trying to please other people so we can fit in so I was asked to do a TEDx talk. If you do a TEDx talk, you got to do it on like a novel idea. And I'm like, well, I don't know um, what I'm going to speak on. And so Chris, my husband started asking me like, well, what was it? You know, like, what is it about the spark? Like, what do you think it was? And so I started doing some studying on what I call the sparkle effect because it's not just meant for some girls. So I broke it down. And so my book practically walks you through How to have that sparkle on the road to your dream, because that is the transcending quality that stands out over our physicality or our facial beauty or our circumstances or the things that have happened to us, our social status, our relationship status, our wealth, our resources, our social media following. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really is radiance or that
1: aura about a girl that transcends everything else. I think that one, one of the things that you had mentioned in your book, um, or at least one of your chapter titles is knowing your worth. And uh, that is so vital to women today. How unpack that a little bit. How do you achieve that? I mean, again, we would look at you and go, well, that's easy for you to know your worth. And obviously mm-hmm. you have your own challenges to get there. So how did you do it? And how can every other woman look at that and unpack? Well, I'm,
2: I am very passionate about this because, like I said, it was my dream to be Miss USA. So I was like 12, 13. I, we moved to a new town. I was a new girl at school. I had my first breakout of cystic acne on my face that literally lasted for the next nine years. Traveled to my chest and my back. People literally thought I had like a problem. They were like, are you okay? I was called um, tomato face. The boys on my swim team made fun of me. I was like called the weird one. And so even in the midst of that, I went to this Bible study because my, my parents made sure that we were in church. Mm-hmm. And so I joined this girl's Bible study and one night a speaker came in and she was talking to us about our work. And she's like, you are worthy of the dream that God has put in your heart. You need to believe what God says about you. And so that night I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a decision to believe what God says about me versus what I think feel okay. because feelings are not facts facts are not truths, and lowercase truths are not the capital T truth. So even though I look in the mirror and I do not look pretty, I don't have a clear complexion. I, I mean, I would cry myself to sleep sometimes. Um, there's no evidence, you know, in the, in the present that I would ever be worthy of being Monsieur USA. So really your worth comes down to first making a decision because we have a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings that do not serve us. So we have to make a decision that we're going to believe what God says, despite what we feel and get back to it and train our feelings (laughs) Um, to be in alignment with the capital T truth.
0: I love that. Um, Here at the Grit and Grace Project, we really want to speak to women about finding their inner strength. And, you know, of course, we point to grit and grace and how, um, you know, ultimately that comes from our relationship with God. Um, But that sometimes we as women, we forget that we are strong and that we can overcome things and that we can give grace to ourselves and that ultimately our beauty does come from within. And I think that's part of the reason we're really just drawn to kind of your message and um, what you like to bring out. And even just knowing that you have struggled with these these things that um, would come against that physical beauty side and yet you literally are a beauty pageant queen. you know I just love that that balance of knowing that um, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be physically beautiful, but ultimately mm-hmm. that you choose to let your beauty really come from within and that in the sparkle effect, that's something you really try to get across. So knowing your worth is huge for women. and I think it's something we need to touch on regularly cuz I can feel confident in my where my beauty and my strength comes from and then 3 hours later be on 100%. Instagram and be knocked back to you know <laughs> I'm nothing I'm nobody I suck. Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> That's that is so true what you just said um needing to be reminded of it and like mm-hmm. constantly constantly, uh, yeah, just reminding ourselves because every season is different. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes like we're real confident in one season because we've been there done that, but then another season comes in where we're doing a new thing and we're like, wait, hold on a second. Never done this before. I'm not capable, not qualified. Maybe we start, maybe we mess up. Maybe we, we embarrass ourselves in front of people. Like right now I'm in a season where I'm, I'm leading a women's group. We are taking new ground, and I have found myself in positions where I don't feel like I'm doing a good job as a leader or like in a meeting, I say something I maybe shouldn't have or in the wrong spirit. And then I'm like beating myself about it. Like I'm so unqualified. I should just take myself out. Someone else should lead. I'm not meant to do this. So you're exactly right. that We have to constantly check ourselves and get back into the truth versus our feelings. Absolutely. That makes me
0: think of kind of one of the bigger issues we know our listeners struggle with um, is, and I think it's for a lot of women, is insecurity or comparison. Is that something you touch on in the book?
2: Yes, 100%. I have a chapter called Sparkle with Security and a chapter called Sparkle with Focus. And the one that Sparkle with Focus is the one that deals with comparison because that is what it comes down to is our focus. Like Mm -hmm. where is, where are our eyes? What are we focusing on? And some of the things that I talk about in addressing comparison or dealing with or overcoming it because I have 100% struggle with, I mean, I think everyone does.
0: Absolutely. But I would think even in your, your pageant life, that would be a big thing.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like a direct I mean, it's like a direct competition with another girl. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like one thing to have this kind of like elusive, indirect, like, oh, scroll on social media It's another thing to like literally go head to head with another girl. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, and so I had to really figure out how to master this, um, because when you compare yourself, like you take yourself out immediately, the moment you compare yourself, you're out. And so you got to like figure out how to be mentally strong in the game. And so this translates to all, you know, all areas of life. And so one of the things that I talk about is compete with the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't compete with other people because first of all, you can't compare two things that are not alike. So just like You can't compare apples to oranges and no person is the exact same. So it just doesn't make sense to compare yourself to another person. The second thing is to focus on what you can control. Mm. We can't control other people. And when we compare ourselves to other people, it's kind of like this underlying desire to want to control them. Like if they were like less pretty or like if their sparkle was a little less bright, we would be more more comfortable. Or if she would just like not do well on a test or if she would just stop shining so bright or whatever, (laughs) then like we would feel better about ourselves, you know? And so we can only focus on what we can control. The only thing we can control is
1: our response and our own emotions, our own thoughts and our own words. I love it that you said compare yourself basically to yourself only focus on who am I? How can I be the best me? How can I Mm -hmm. find within me all of the things that I'm supposed to be that God originally put in there? So I need to mine them. I need to discover them. I need to work on them instead of looking around at somebody else. And okay, I just can't even imagine looking around a room full of Miss USA contestants. I cannot imagine looking at them and going oh man, look at how great, oh, I am jealous of that one because look mm-hmm. at what her talent is, or I yeah. am, oh, she is so much prettier, she is so much brighter and she could strut so much better than I could strut. <laughs> you know, so I can't imagine being in that context and not feeling even a little bit of jealousy or envy or the other things that we tend to fall into as women. hmm
2: well, you know, um, this is what I did. This is the the most, literally, the most powerful remedy if you ever start feeling a tinge of comparison or jealousy. Okay. And that is to do the opposite of what you feel. Mm-hmm. So we are all queens, right? We just got to remember it and put our crown back on. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at another girl and we're like, Oh Lordy. And we start feeling a little bit inferior or we're like, Oh, can you just like pipe down a little bit? Mm-hmm. Like, can you go away? Like clear, clear the way. Cause you're blocking my sparkle to instead look at her and be like, I really hope she does well.
1: Mm.
2: I am so thankful that she is so beautiful and to compliment her in your own mind, Mm. to bless her in your own mind and to actually want (laughs) the other women that you feel jealous of, want them to do well. That is the most powerful thing you can do because that is what a queen would want a queen does not feel inferior because her success is not your failure. That's right. But the person who brings out the best in other people, she is the one who keeps shining and keeps sparkling. But when you try to tell other people, even in your own thoughts, that's when your eyes lose a sparkle.
0: Mike, drop. Love it. That is so true. I'm going to have to <laughs> hit the replay button on that one <laughs> for sure. Um, are there any other chapters that you want to make sure you highlight? Because I'm sure our listeners are getting ready to add your book to their cart.
2: Just like one last thing that I want to say just to women, because I think this is something we're, we really struggle with, especially like these days, just our current cultural climate. And that is just pressure, mm. pressure to prove. And yeah. Ugh. I mean, I I know I've talked about this and that was like kind of my struggle back in the day. And I thought I had overcome it because I realized my true identity as, you know, God's child. I'm realizing that it's something that still creeps in Mm -hmm. and it literally steals peace to feel this pressure all the time to like hustle and be busy and to prove ourselves like Mm -hmm. to the point where we like actually start breaking down. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're right. And that so, is what culture
0: tells us to do. And it's gosh, so contrary.
2: It's, and it's hard to like, it's like, okay, so how do I balance, you know, rest mm-hmm. and peace and margin yeah. and still keep up in society? Because I'm like, if I stop and take a break, then I'm falling behind. Absolutely. Um, and so I, I just want to encourage, women, and even myself right now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I wrote a a chapter called sparkle with enjoyment. And, uh, the reason why is because, um, in the book of Ecclesiastes, you know, Solomon is like looking for the meaning of life. And ultimately he's like, everything is meaningless. Everything is meaningless. He's like, but the best thing that you can do is to enjoy your work. Yeah. That it is a gift from God to enjoy your work. And then, you know, Jesus, he left the 99 for the 1. So his focus wasn't like massive success or like massive platform or you know, numbers and followers. Like his goal was like who is the one person that I need to focus on today? And so if our focus is like, let me just think about the one person that I, I can't let go another day without helping. Mm -hmm. Like if that's like what motivates us and then we enjoy the process, it relieves us of so much pressure and allows us to not compromise our Mm peace while just staying in our own lane, Mm -hmm. staying in our assigned task rather than trying to like save the world. But realize we have an assigned task, and it's not someone else's, and it doesn't necessarily look like our definition of success. It looks like the one person, and it looks like staying in peace
1: (laughs) and sparkling with enjoyment. Kristen, you have been great and given us a lot of great tips, and I've just changed my attitude on the word sparkle today. (laughs) Yay,
2: you were the yes, one person that did then. it. See? <laughs> she was your one
0: person today, Kristen. <laughs> that you were supposed to focus on. That that that's amazing.
1: Awesome. Way to it.
0: bring that around. Um, I totally agree. And I think that as people are listening, they're gonna want to get their hands on the sparkle effect. So can you real quick tell our listeners one where they can get the book and where they can connect with you to get more of your sparkle in their life.
2: Yay. You're so sweet. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, so they can get the book on any major uh, retailer platform, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, okay. Target, um, or you can go to the sparkle effect Great. Um, And then they can engage with me on social media um, at Kristen J. Dalton on Instagram, which I would really love because I do Insta Lives every day. Um like I literally know all my people who get on by name. We have the best conversations. So much fun. So
0: I'm gonna have to jump on and watch with you. I love Instagram. Awesome.
2: So yeah, y'all thank you for having me on today. Oh
0: absolutely. So we'll make sure to put you know those links into our show notes so you can go find Kristen. You can follow her, you can get her book. Um you also have a blog, right? The She Is More blog. So I'll make sure yes. I link to that as yes. well. So, cause if exactly. you love the grit and grace project, you will totally also love what Kristen and her team are doing at she is more. So thank you so much for taking time to share your sparkle with us. We really know that this conversation is going to be encouraging to more than just one other woman today. So thanks for being Aww. with us, Kristen. Oh, thank you for having me. Y'all are awesome. I found a great quote that really goes with what we talked about today. Here it is. Ladies, sometimes on dark days, I think nobody cares and nobody's coming. Then I remember who sends thoughts like that, and I straighten my crown. So straighten your crown, girls, and live this next week with Grit and Grace. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast, brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project online magazine. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or streaming the show, be sure to take a couple moments to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss the next episode. You can also share the show with a friend you think might enjoy living a Grit and Grace life with us. Every week we share all the details on everything we discuss in the episode at thegritandgraceproject.org. We'll catch you on the next one.